0: Welcome to RCC at Home! My name's Natasha. We're so excited that you get to experience church at home with us. If you're new or in checking us out, make sure you hit that subscribe button and the little bell to be notified when new videos are released here. Before we jump into the service, I have one exciting announcement for you and that is you can now register your birth through toddler age kids for RCC kids on Sunday mornings if you wish to experience a service in person. If you do want to register for an in-person service, you can click the link in the description box below. Right now we're about to jump right into the service. Oh, but I almost forgot. If you would like to get Pastor Mike's personal note that he sends out during the week or have any prayer requests or comments for the staff, fill out a red card on rccsunday.com. Happy Sunday!
1: Hey RCC family, welcome to RCC at Home. My name is Sam and I'm one of the pastors here and and we are just so glad to be with you here in in RCC at Home. Uh, Wherever you're tuning in from, whether it's in your car or at home or however you're listening or whenever you're listening to this, I just wanna say I'm so grateful that you are part of the RCC family. We've been in a series right now called Parables. We've been going through these different stories that Jesus tells and it has been such a great series already and I'm so excited to get into it. But before we get too far into it, I... I have to ask you, have you ever heard someone say, it's like that? It's like that. It's like that. I don't know if you've heard that before, but but I'm guessing you have because people will often say that whenever they're trying to explain something that's hard to explain. They want to help you understand and experience what they've experienced. They want to give you the feelings, the emotions. They want to give you the, the feeling that they have in the gut when, when that happens. And so they'll sometimes say, this is like that. It's like that. For example, maybe maybe there's someone who's never been on an airplane before. And, and someone else is trying to explain to them what it's like to be on an airplane. And, and they might say if you've ever been in a car, right, driving along the road, and all of a sudden there's a dip in the road, and you just feel that like feeling in your stomach where the car kind of falls down. If you've ever felt that, they might say, it's like that. That's what it's like to be in an airplane, to feel that feeling in your stomach. Somebody else might say, who's talking about what it was like when they were out on a date, they could say, I had this thing in my stomach. It was it was like having butterflies in my stomach. you probably heard that one before, but they would say, it's like that. That's what it felt like. I, I still get butterflies when I'm out on a date with my wife. It's the it's feeling, right? You just, you just get it. It's so fun. But that's how we explain things. We, we do this. That's, that's what parables are. Parables are stories that help us understand a difficult to describe thing. And Jesus... And Jesus was the master parable teller. Today, we're going to talk about and grapple with a few of Jesus' parables. We're going to talk about some of his shorter ones, these really quick little stories he tells that illustrate things in such a powerful way. These little stories, those little short ones that, that say, this is like that. The ones that show us what the kingdom Jesus is talking about looks like, the, the ones that describe the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven, they say God or heaven, and it's two different ways to talk about the same thing. Uh, but there are these awesome stories that talk about what Jesus is telling us that we should live for and, and what's there to live for. There's the most famous ones. Maybe you've heard them before. You've probably heard them before. But but in Luke chapter 13, it talks about one of these. It's, it's this. Jesus says, To what shall I compare the kingdom of God? And he says, It's like a little mustard seed. It's like this little tiny seed that a farmer takes and he plants in the ground. And then it gets watered and it begins to grow. And it it grows so much that it becomes this big bush, almost like a tree. So much so that, that birds come and they make their nest and live in it. And then he says, the kingdom of God, it's, it's like a little tiny bit of yeast that someone puts in three measures of flour and kneads into the dough. And when they bake it, that little tiny bit of yeast spreads throughout the entire dough to make this loaf of bread. It permeates the whole thing. That's what the kingdom of God is like. By telling these stories, Jesus, he helps us understand some things about the kingdom of God. This, this kingdom of God or heaven is something that that starts really small, and then it grows. And it doesn't just grow, it becomes huge. It, it even supports life, like a bird in the branches. It spreads through the whole thing, it, it permeates everything. That's what the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven is like, according to Jesus. So when Jesus teaches about the kingdom of God through these stories, he's He's showing us this different way of living in the world. Not later. It's not about heaven later. It's about how we live differently in the world right now. And it's this kingdom that we often call heaven that will carry on and grow all the way into eternity. It starts now and goes into eternity. That's what it's like, says Jesus. It's like a, a mustard seed. It's, it's like yeast and a loaf of bread. And when we hear these stories, we, we think to ourselves, yeah, that makes sense kind of, <laughs> which is why Jesus told stories like these. It, it helps us begin to understand things that are really sometimes difficult to grasp and comprehend and understand. And he doesn't stop there. He tells more of these stories, and, and two of them we're going to talk about in, in more detail for the rest of the sermon. Uh, the next one, these, these other two, are actually three verses long, and they're found in Matthew 13. And this is what Jesus says. So it's in Matthew 13, and it says, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. In his excitement, he hid it again and sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the field. Again, the second story. The kingdom of heaven is like a merchant on the lookout for choice pearls. When he discovered a pearl of great value, he sold everything he owned and bought it. Now, I hear those two stories and, and frankly, I've got some questions, right? The first is this, why the treasure in the field? Like what, who is going to find treasure in a field? Why is the treasure randomly hidden in some field somewhere? And, and, and as you explore this and look it up, there's actually a pretty good reason for it. Uh, back in jesus day, banks were not what they are today. It was actually quite common for people to take this treasure or or their finances and take it and, and package it up and and hide it someplace so that they could know that it was safe and and Sometimes the people that had that treasure. They, they would pass away, and then nobody would know where the treasure is. And, and so people would sometimes actually have this happen. They'd find treasure in these fields of, of places that they purchased. And, and so this would have been normal for people to hear as Jesus is telling the story that somebody, they, they happened on a jackpot, right? They happened on it, and they found this treasure. It was unlike any other, and, and they were going to get it for themselves. The second, the second question I have as I, as I read these parables is this. Why would you sell everything? Like, why would you sell everything? It it must be that good. I mean, imagine a a treasure or a pearl that was so amazing, so incredible that you were willing to sell everything that you have, all of it, all the stuff, so that you could get it. Jesus, as he's telling this parable, he must be saying that, that the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, It's like that. Why is it like that? Well, let's come back to that in just a moment. Because first, I want to ask you a question. For you, as you consider this, as you think about this, for you, what's worth giving everything up to you? What's worth giving up everything for, for you personally? And maybe that's a little too much. Maybe the thought of giving everything up was is just too much. So maybe not everything. Maybe maybe what's something that you would you would put out a lot of money for? You'd you drop a lot of cash for something. What what would that be? Maybe for you, it's it's the dream car. You would do anything. You'd give a whole lot of money to have the dream car or, or the dream home that's in just the right location and just the right places, all the right pieces to it, the right number of rooms, the, the right scenery, all the stuff. If you could find that, you'd, you'd pay a lot of money for that. Or, or maybe it 's it 's your hobbies and and there 's certain equipment that if you could have that equipment, you would just be so happy there there 's the boat for fishing right If you could have just the right boat or or maybe a bike if you 're really into cycling or something like that, you want just the right bike or or maybe you 're musical and you want that guitar that a certain rock star <laughs> at some point played, and you could have it for yourself and you could play the same guitar, and you 'd give so much to have that guitar or Or you're an outdoorsman and you'd love to go hunting with that brand new bow and you'd give a lot of money for that. There are these things, right? Maybe for you, it's it's not so much these physical things. Maybe for you, you just wish that someday, sometime, somehow, after all the work and all the effort and all the dedication you've put in, You'd give almost anything for someone to give you the credit and the acknowledgement and the praise that you feel like you deserve. You'd, you'd give pretty much anything for that. For me, right now in this cold January season, I would give quite a bit to go on a vacation somewhere, somewhere warm, somewhere beautiful, and somewhere without COVID. Like, what would you give to go to that place and just enjoy like three weeks there? I would. That's I pay a lot of money for that. I'm guessing you might too. And these are all fun and interesting, but I think if we were to really hash it down to maybe the most important thing for us, what we would give so much in order to have for ourselves, I feel like it ends up being this, it's, it's to have assurance, to have assurance of our family's health and our family's happiness, what, what we wouldn't give For those things, what we wouldn't give for our family to just know that our family is healthy and to know that our our family is going to be happy. It it would be such an awesome thing and we would give so much for that. So if you're giving up and and selling everything you have for something, it has to be worth it, doesn't it? I mean, the return on investment, it has to be substantial. And, and Jesus is saying the kingdom of God, the, the life lived with and for Jesus, is, it is that valuable. He's saying this, the, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven is like that. It's like the treasure. It's like the pearl, and it, it is It's life everlasting in heaven. It's forgiveness and freedom from sin. It's a path toward a just and righteous way of living. It's joy that only God gives that flies in the face of what the world says you should feel. The world says you should feel terror and exhaustion and and anger and frustration, but this is a joy that you can have in spite of that. It's It's peace and it's patience, that patience that goes beyond understanding, that it is completely, seemingly foolish in this world, but it's there and available for us. The treasure is supremely, infinitely valuable that Jesus offers. This life with Jesus leading, this, this kingdom of God in heaven is even more valuable, way more valuable than any treasure or any pearl could ever be. But hidden in plain sight in that parable, in those two parables of Jesus, is the thing we skip over because we're just so excited about that amazing treasure. What is it? It's the fact that getting the treasure, it requires something of us. Later in Matthew, just a couple chapters later, Jesus puts it this way. He says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Make up your, take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul. Is anything worth more than your soul? This is like that. It requires something of us. And to know what you're willing to live without requires you to know what you're living for. So let me ask you this morning, What are you living for? I was talking with my wife, Meg, uh, this last week, talking about uh, this sermon. (laughs) She's my favorite sounding board. And uh, after we had talked about it, she came back to me with this quote that she had heard that she said, hey, this, this is so perfect for what you're talking about. And it's from Thomas Merton. It says, life is shaped by the end you live for. You are made in the image of what you desire. So... What are you living for? What do you desire? When I think about that, I actually, I think about the hospital. It's kind of a weird thing to think about, but I have this memory of running through the, through the hospital hallway, um, a couple, about a year and a half, about 14 months, somewhere around there ago, um, 14 months, that's how old he is, but, but our, oldest, our youngest son, Silas, was born. So, 14 months ago, he's born, everything seems great and wonderful, he's a healthy baby, um, right away everything is, is going as it should, um, except about 12 hours in, 1224, I can't remember exactly, but all, all of a sudden when they started to measure his oxygen levels, they they realized that it was a little bit low, and, and not only that, but he, um, he was breathing really fast. And the doctors, they were amazing, we were at Berlin Medical Center and they were fantastic, um, and what they said, was that it's probably TTN, that was the diagnosis. And there's a fancy, those letters stand for something, but I can't pronounce it, so go look it up. But it's TTN, that's what they thought, um, something that w- should resolve itself. They said within 24 hours, it should resolve. If, if it's crazy, it'd probably be 72, and it, it should be just fine. Don't worry about it, it won't affect him long-term. Um, just don't worry about it, we'll just put him on oxygen for the next couple days, and, and we'll see what happens, and eventually he'll be good to go. And, and so we're like, okay, we'll just kind of buckle down here and, and do it. And so 24 hours goes by and nothing changes. 48 hours go by and nothing changes and still kind of the same prognosis. And, and I'm like, okay, I should go home and, and be with our older two boys, just give them a little bit of normalcy for a day or so. And so I go home and spend the day with them. And then on Saturday morning, uh, we had taken the boys to play basketball at the gym or something like that. And, and I get a call from Meg and she's like, hey, NICU is where they're going to send him. They're going to do it really soon. You need to come here right now. And I uh, said everything was fine. But but when you hear that they're going to take your child of just a couple days old to the NICU, you kind of freak out a little bit. And so we got the boys called family, dropped them off at family after packing them up, drove as quickly as I could safely drive over to Berlin. And literally, I remember vividly running through the hallway up to the place because I knew they were there and I knew they were gonna take him soon and I wanted to be there first. So I got up there, I I see him and I I see the Mars Rover-like structure that they're gonna put him in and take him to Nina with. And everything, in that moment, like you realize, you realize what you're living for. You're living for life and relationship and and family and little babies that cry but grow up to laugh and smile and giggle and tell you no and get smart and think they're smarter than you but are so often a reason for joy. And, And these things are the fabric of the good world and the good relationship Jesus came to bring us into a relationship with a good God who loves us so much that he was willing to live this message all the way onto the cross. What you live for matters. It shapes how you live. Gratefully, Silas, after another number of days and the NICU was fine and, and is totally healthy, but, but what I would have done in that moment to ensure he would be healthy and safe, man, I, I would have done pretty much anything that he would enjoy a long and healthy life, it it determined every single one of my actions in that moment. And this is the message of Jesus. It's a a message of life, life eternal, and a life as part of Jesus' kingdom here and now. And, And Jesus did give everything so we could have it. Jesus and his love and his kingdom, they're the treasure it's offered to us as a free gift. We can't do anything to earn it. All we can do is accept it. It's, it's the salvation that enters us into Jesus' kingdom. It, it makes us right with God. And it's through Jesus' saving act on the cross. It's, it's free. It's free, but it has a cost. It's like a beautiful new home given to you for free, but it requires that we stop living in the old one. It's like a brand new car that, that's amazing and, and, and does so much more and gives us such a better view of the world, but we, we, we have to stop using the broken down clunker. It's like new clothes to put on and, and old ones that, that need to be thrown out. It's a a born-a-new life. It's life that requires we continuously let go of the old one. Do you want the new life Jesus offers? Do you want it? The the treasure of treasures. The pearl of pearls. It's, It's like that. Do you want it? And if you do, in order to help you make that choice, in order to help you think through what that means for your life, and then short-term and in the long-term, I have some questions for you. Do you see how valuable the treasure that Jesus offers is? Sometimes I think we take it for granted. We were told you just got to say a little prayer, and then you're eternity in heaven, and it's all great and wonderful. But I think we miss it. When we reduce it to that, it's it's so much more than that. It's a different life. It's a new life that, that takes those old things that we've lived with, that we've struggled with, that we've endured, and it gets rid of them. It cleanses us of those things and helps us to live this new and different life where we have the freedom to choose. We might still choose those not-so-good things from time to time, but Jesus walks with us through all of those things towards something good. Do you see how valuable The treasure that Jesus offers is? That's the first question. And the second one is this. What would change? What would change in your life if you lived for the treasure that Jesus offers us for every last bit of what it's worth? Like you pictured it, you understood it, you comprehended it, you, you looked into it and, and realized what it's offering you as a different way of living, the kindness and joy and love that it gives to you and helps you to extend to others, and then how that magnifies and multiplies and changes everything around you, not just yourself, but the world around you and the people around you. What would change if you lived for that treasure for all it's worth, and you didn't just take it at its minimum value, but you got everything out of it? What would change in your life if you did that? Third question. What do you have to leave behind? There's a cost. It's free, but you can't keep on living with the old stuff. You have to let it go. What are the things in your life right now that you have to leave behind? Particular relationships. Different things you tend to do to cover up the the struggle, the frustrations, to cope with them. What are the things that you have to leave behind? Next question. How would that free you up to live the life Jesus offers as part of Jesus' eternal kingdom starting now? Because sometimes we walk around with all the baggage. We're just carrying it and lugging it around. How would that free you up this week and in the months and years to come? How would that multiply and be magnified and change your life and the life of those around you? How could you experience Jesus' joy in the midst of a trying and difficult season for so many of us? How could that be something that you could live with? That's my challenge, those are my questions. If you ask those questions of yourself and live them well, I can't tell you just how much the the change could be there. God promises to meet us there with his Holy Spirit and transform us, that's possible for you. Will you take it? Will you take it and do it? I'm gonna close with a prayer and if you want those things for yourself, I would encourage you to pray these things along with me to maybe for the first time say yes to Jesus or for the hundredth time remind yourself that this life that he offers us is so much more than we often live it for. Would you pray with me? Dear God, you have a treasure, a pearl of pearls, the most amazing gift for us. We know we sometimes only use a small sliver of it for our lives. And some of us have not even found it for the very first time or accepted it for the very first time. So, so right here and right now, we say to you, I want it, God. I want what you offer, Jesus. I want to be part of your kingdom. I want to be part of your life and your way of living. Transform my life. I know I can't keep living the way I have been living, so help me to let go of those things. Thank you for forgiving me and making me new and setting me on this new path. Help me to live it with all that it's worth or for all that it's worth. And for those of us who have been living it, God, help us to find more in it because it is immense and endless, the treasures that you offer us. So help us to experience those treasures in every conceivable way. Help us to live with them and experience them and give them away as you show us to with grace and forgiveness and love and kindness. Help us to experience the treasure you offer. We pray this in Jesus' name.
0: Amen. Thank you for investing your time here with us today. That's an act of worship before God because you gave him your attention and you chose to focus on God when you could have invested that time in a bunch of other ways. We take that very seriously at RCC. So my hope for you today is that that you feel that you've invested your time wisely. That it was worth it for you as we give you the opportunity to now make a worship offering i want to thank you for choosing to invest financially in the ministry work of god at rcc i invest here because i believe it's worth it and i hope that you do too god's doing amazing things here and your generosity helps make that possible so thank you and god bless you this week if you've never given before and you'd like to start to give then just go to rccsunday.com and click on the giving icon in the bottom right-hand corner or even the word give at the top. While you're there, you can also check out today's unique information or fill out a red card with a prayer request. It would be great to hear from you, or it would be an honor to pray for you. And I hope to see you soon.